Hi, you're listening to Flying Sober. This is a podcast about cultivating relationships and sobriety and stepping into self-discovery through love, understanding, and exploration. The opportunity to learn about yourself through others starts now. Hello, 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 my lovely listeners. This is Rachel. And this is Jonathan. Dating and sobriety continues. How about just dating in general? Yeah, that's true. Okay, I I get you. I get you because it's not just dating and recovery. It applies to everybody. You know, we're all recovering from something, aren't we, Rachel? Absolutely. No one is transparent. All of us are recovering from something. And and I feel a lot of people, they listen to our podcast and, and they'll reach out to me and say, you know, I'm not dealing with those particular issues that you all deal with, but it resonates with me. But it applies to me. Exactly. I've heard that from so many listeners. Honestly, dating overall is not easy. We're all looking for the one. Problem is, our quest to be desired and loved is greater than finding someone more closely aligned to us. In other words, we think we are searching for love, but we will settle for anyone simply on the basis of attraction, and that will give us the attention that we were craving. And that was me not too long ago. Now that I hold myself to a higher standard, am I ready to go back into the dating stream? Yeah. When do you know that you're ready? Well, I think when you love yourself enough and you don't enter a relationship because you are craving to be loved, it becomes a choice. Another indicator is when you're not operating on autopilot. And what do I mean by that? For example, you may be in a place where your life is stagnant and it's the same thing day in and day out. And you're feeling lonely. So when you finally meet someone, you're expecting them to make you happy. What ends up happening is we choose a partner that is not necessarily good for us, simply because we come from a place of lack. Do we really know what's good for us anyway? I mean, we know what's bad for us, but do we really know what's good? Well, that depends on your inner dialogue. You know that little voice in our head that prevents us from getting what we want? It says, I will never find anyone. I'm too old. I'm too short. I'm too fat. I'm lucky if anyone finds me attractive. Blah, blah, blah. You know that voice? We basically sabotage ourselves before we even get there. But here's the good news. We have the fourth step that can help us out with that because it requires a personal inventory on how we felt and what we've done with our lives so we can gain a better understanding of ourselves and ultimately make better choices in love. Well, and here's the thing, right? When we take a proper inventory on the things that we have done in our lives, it's so important. Exactly, because now you're rebuilding your self-esteem and straightening up your thinking. So fast forward, now we're a year into recovery and we feel great about ourselves and we're off to the races. And I meet someone very charming. So Jay, tell me, do I do an inventory check on him? They're, they're going to share themselves anyway. They're going to talk to you about who they are, what their passions are, what they do for a living. And you can actually pinpoint certain things that you know that either A, are going to coincide with the way that you're living, or B, if you're going to enjoy those things that they actually enjoy doing. You, in that moment, have the choice. Okay, 
And you have to think strategically about it. Because if I'm talking to a woman at a, at a restaurant or a, a bookstore and she says, man, I love to drink, immediately in my head, I know, that, yeah, that's not good. In a bookstore? Well, that's that's already a bad sign. Yeah, I get that. But seriously, I have become very selective in my choice of men. And thank God for that. Hallelujah. You know what? I may even want to do a background check on them. Consider this. If this was a job interview, you would want to hire them with the wrong credentials, right? Absolutely. The bottom line is I don't want anybody messing with my chi. And that's a good place to be. Absolutely. And, and one of the questions that always constantly comes up and people ask themselves, like, are you ready? How do you know when you're ready? In my experience, when I thought I was ready, I didn't meet anybody. As soon as I accepted that I possibly wasn't ready and that my higher power was going to deliver it when it was intended for me, that's when it happened. Because literally two days before I met my girlfriend and I meant it out of the bottom of my heart, I said to a friend of mine on the phone, I'm like, I don't need anybody. And he's like, what are you talking about? You don't, dude, you're 32 years old, man. What do you mean you don't need anybody? I'm like, I mean, down the road, that's fine. But I have so many more fulfilling things that are in my life right now. I have my job. I have my sponsees. I have my own program that I have to follow, you know, and I'm just, I'm enjoying the experience of connecting to what's around me rather than constantly chasing what I think is supposed to be in my world. Oh my God, Jay, this is exactly where I'm at today. I'm so incredibly happy. I have a great job. I have amazing friends. I have a beautiful home. And I completely trust the universe that everything will happen in its divine order. Because I'm finally free. I'm not chasing or craving anyone. And that's how I know I'm going to end up with the right person. Okay, I got a great analogy for you. Did you ever go food shopping, hungry, to a supermarket, starving? What are you going to do? You're going to pick everything off the shelves. <laughs> well, the same is true for finding the right person in your life. You can't be starving for it. You want to be full. You want to be like, well, I'm feeling great about myself. Because you're going to end up with the tapioca pudding. But all kidding aside... When you're starving for love and you get a little bit of sexual attention from someone, it becomes a drug and it creates a big need. Then you become utterly obsessed and you think that is love. So Jonathan, I bet when you met your girlfriend, you were probably not even expecting it. You were probably, I'm feeling great. I'm meeting my sponsee. Your life was going steady. It felt like she stormed into my life. I know. I remember when that happened. Yeah, right? Like, I was like, I met somebody. You're like, oh, my God, how did it happen? I'm like, I was working steps with somebody, and all of a sudden we're talking. And, and, and what's interesting is, like, you know, sometimes, some, I, sometimes I still even question today if I'm ready. And I think that's, I think that's healthy, right? To constantly check your temperature. Like, am I, am I still ready for this? Because what's happening when I'm doing that is I'm consistently looking at not only my motives, but my defects of character and still working on my personal development. If I'm walking around with the mentality like, you know what? I have nothing to improve on. I'm ready for this. Let's get it done. You're never going to learn anything. Exactly. And I love when you said, check your temperature. It's what I meant earlier when I said, check the dialogue in your head. What is it that you're inviting into your life? 
And another great indicator to see if you're learning anything, look at who you're hanging out with. As that old saying goes, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. And I bet you that will have a lot to do with who you end up with. Think about it. If they're all like, oh, desperate, desperado, hanging out in bars, drinking, and unfulfilling relationships. Or they're constantly complaining. Or they're constantly complaining. Then, man, you're going to meet someone like that because that's your projection right there. It's funny, but in the past, I wasn't even selective with who I hung out with. And these days, I am surrounded by people that are constantly setting up a good example and make me want to strive higher in life. And that includes choosing the right partner. Now I pay attention to what a good relationship should look like, build on honesty, mutual understanding, and equality. There's got to be a good balance between two people. You know, it's interesting. There was a time when I was so starved for wanting to meet somebody, except I had so low self-esteem at that point that it, there was no way that it was going to happen. I had this deep fear of rejection at this particular time in my life. And I was about two years sober and I'm walking on a cruise ship and all my family members were like, you might meet somebody on the boat. You might meet somebody on the boat. You might. And I'm like, I'm like, shut up. And the back of my mind, like, I didn't think I was good looking enough. And I took it to God. I said, God, help me with my fear of rejection, please. And on that cruise ship, it was my sister's bachelorette and my brother-in-law's bachelor party. It was a joint bachelor party. They begged me to enter the world's most sexiest man competition. <laughs> Stone cold sober. You can find it on Instagram. It's hysterical. Oh I entered God. the world's most sexiest man competition. And God, <laughs> my higher power, has a huge sense of humor. I won. Oh, I'm scared for you. <laughs> I won the competition. And that was God's Come way. Come on. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, and God, That's I, awesome. in my way, because it's either you accept it's either you accept God is everything or God is nothing, right? And that yeah. in that particular situation, it was like my higher power winked at me and said, "You're good, kid. Just enjoy yourself and enjoy the gifts that I've given you. And when the time comes, I'm going to give you what you think you're looking for." That's a great story and a really good point you made. Four years later, after building self-esteem by doing a seamable act, I met my girlfriend. And what is it that you prayed for? Help me with my fear of rejection. Wow. For me, it was the fear of being alone and wanting to be so desperately loved. And I'm, you know, and it's funny now that I look back, I always got someone who was emotionally unavailable. Exactly. Interesting how that works, you know? Exactly. And so I think it's so important to, first of all, cultivate true happiness in your life. And where are you meeting these people? Who are your friends? Take your temperature. You know. What are your intentions? Are you just doing it because you want to get laid or you're doing it because you want to find the right person to be in Right. And do you want to sell yourself short or do you want to wait a little bit so you get someone long term? Exactly. You know, do you want somebody to steal your chi just because you're coming from a place of desperation? Well, here's the thing. If you're coming from a point of desperation, you don't really have your chi. That means, exactly. you, have that means you have something to work on. Exactly. And how do we go about achieving that? So I have a story that relates to this, and you might actually have heard of it, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Here we go. 
There was a king in a faraway land, and he once said to his court, I have a ring with one of the finest diamonds in the world, and I want to hide a message under the stone that can be useful in a situation of extreme despair. Think of what kind of message will be there. It must be very short to fit in the ring. The court knew how to write, but they did not know how to express themselves in one sentence. They thought and thought and thought, but they could not come up with anything. So the king complained about the failure of his venture to a faithful old servant, and the old man said to him, I'm not educated, but I know such a message. For many years spent in the palace, I met a lot of people, and once I served a visiting mystic, and he gave me this message. I ask that you don't read it now. Save it under the stone and open it only when there's no way out at all. The king listened to his old servant. After some time, there was a war and he lost to his enemies. He fled on his horse as his enemies pursued him. He rode to the end of the road. There was a huge deep cliff before him. And if he fell there, it was the end. He already heard the clutter of the horses approaching. He had no way out. He was in complete despair. And then he remembered, aha, the ring. He opened it and found an inscription. And it said, this too shall pass. And after reading the message, everything got quiet. Apparently, his pursuers got lost and went in the wrong direction. <laughs> the king was filled with gratitude because the words were so powerful. So when he returned to the palace, they arranged a magnificent celebration for the whole world to see. The people loved their king, and the king was happy and proud. And then the old servant came up to him and said softly, Even in this moment, look at the message. It works not only in moments when everything is bad, but also in moments when everything is good. The king opened the ring and read, This too shall pass. And again, he felt a silence fall over him in the midst of a noisy room. And he finally understood the message. He was a wise man. The end. And you ask, how does that apply to me and keeping the chi in my life? And I'll tell you, when I heard that story, I realized that nothing is constant. Everything comes and goes. But that also means that I have to let go of things that are not meant for me. And, you know, accepting certain situations for what they are and move on. That's powerful. Well, what steals my peace is my lack of acceptance of what's happening in front of me, right? If I haven't built that foundation first, of course, everything's going to be bothering me. And my chi is gone, right? And one of the things I have to identify is when my defects of character are going out of whack, you know, that's when I really have to check myself and see, like, wait a minute. Right. And one of the only things to, to actually do that's been really helping me is making time for myself, right? Yeah. When I'm at peace with myself, I'm at peace with the world. And I have to make that time. Like, you know me, I run every single day. You inspired me to run again. So thank you for that. You know, I love spending time with me, myself, and I. I've actually become my own best friend. And that's how we achieve balance, in my own experience. Like, that, that's just for me. I couldn't agree more. So, so. I really enjoyed this discussion, Rachel. Yeah, and me we're, too. We're, we're, our next episode, you know, right? So we just talked about basically 
when do you think that you're ready and how to take your own inventory on the next episode we're going to talk about okay so now you're ready and you're in the dating street how are you going to handle it and um and we're really going to take these fundamentals that we've been talking about and actually applying it to when that moment comes and i've greatly appreciated this time with you and this has been an amazing i love talking about dating you know that's my favorite subject Because I was so, I miserably failed at it. Luckily, I get a chance to do it right this time. Absolutely. So let's continue this convo in the next episode, which will be dating part three. Woo! Have a wonderful weekend. Be happy, be safe. And with that said, we look forward to the next time we connect, which is every Friday at 7 a.m. For any comments, go to flying-sober.com.